Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Tracy Brown here from ReclaimJoy.com. Oh, I'm so happy. So, so happy that you have decided to check out some of the sessions related to the focus on forgiveness. So thanks for joining in for this session focused on the topic or the title, I Forgive Me. A little bit about Reclaim Joy. Reclaim Joy was founded to help people remember that no matter what situation you're in, you can find joy within. And we offer lots of webinars and information and blog posts all designed to remind you that joy is an inner way of being. It is a state of being. It is a choice that we make in spite of what else might be going on around us. And if you're like me, when you commit to living a life that is based in joy, you recognize that everything that happens, you don't necessarily have to like it, but it doesn't define who you are. So ReclaimJoy.com is your home base for ideas and information and inspiration and opportunities to practice always returning to joy day after day after day, no matter what else is going on in our lives. And this focus on forgiveness is part of a couple of things. This year, 2015, each quarter, Reclaim Joy is focusing on a different aspect of life, um, different things that we can do to create certain ways of being in the world. And in the first quarter, the focus is on forgiveness, and so that's the name of, of the summit that we are doing. And it's also the topic of uh, webinars and of intensive online self-study multimedia learning opportunities that are coming up. In the second quarter, we'll be focusing on confidence. What really is that? But more than anything, talking to lots of people about how to build confidence, what you can do in your own life to increase your confidence level in who you are and how you want to be. In the third quarter, the focus is on freedom. And uh, I am so excited about spending three months focusing on freedom and helping you define what freedom means to you and what are steps you can take to experience that freedom, emotional freedom, spiritual freedom, physical freedom, financial freedom, freedom in your relationships, freedom in all aspects of your life. And in the fourth quarter, we'll be focusing on self-care. And this, I anticipate, will be a really popular topic for lots of people, especially during the last three months of the year where we tend to get caught up in doing and buying and taking care of others. 
that we rem- we will have the chance to remember that self-care is impo- is important. And you can always keep up with what we're focusing on and what we're offering in 2015 by either going to reclaimjoy.com and you know clicking on focus 2015 or look, kicking, clicking on classes and seeing what's up or you can go to focus2015.info focus2015.info and on that website we're specifically just including things related to this theme for the year focus 2015 so focus on forgiveness is our uh, is our uh, topic today, and in these next 45 or 50 minutes, we're going to talk about this idea of I forgive me. I just have to take a deep breath, and maybe you do too, because sometimes when we have maybe not perfected, but we've definitely practiced forgiving others, it gets easier to do. And for many of us, it's the hardest thing to forgive ourselves. So I'm in that category that sometimes I find it really easy to forgive others, but hardest to forgive myself, especially when I say or do something that hurts another person's feelings, and that was not my intention or when I do things or make a series of choices that when I look at them in hindsight, I think, well, really, Tracy, that wasn't in your best interest. And why were you thinking that would help you get to the things that you've said are important to you? And it's like, oh, well, I can't blame anybody else. I'm the one that made the choices or the decisions. And I'm like, oh, oh, I just hate when that happens. And you would think being an active coach and a um, licensed practitioner and a a speaker and an author, you would think, right, that I would be able to say, oh, well, Tracy, you didn't mean that. You didn't mean for it to work out that way. Just forgive yourself. And in a perfect world, I would count to three, take a deep breath, maybe wiggle my nose, and guess what? I would forgive myself, and it would be over. Uh, Yeah, that's a fantasy. It doesn't quite happen that way. So while I'm sharing information with you during this session, I'm also reminding myself of the importance of forgiving myself and reminding myself of things I can do. So Please do not be confused. I may say you, and I may say you could try this, and you should think about that, but I'm teaching what I most need to learn, or in this case, what I most need to remember. And I'm so grateful that you're listening in, so you get you are giving me the opportunity to um, improve my own life as well as to inspire you to do the same. So why do we need to forgive ourselves? Um, Maybe this is so obvious to you, but what I have learned in the last few years of coaching really successful people 
who simply are moving in a different direction in their lives. Um, I'm really blessed that most of my coaching clients are not in crisis and are not in pain. Um, I've built a little bit of a reputation of being a coach for people who are already successful and just want to take their lives to the next level or want to have greater integration between their mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional priorities. And so often when this idea of forgiveness comes up, often my coaching clients are kind of surprised that there's still work for them to do or that they need to forgive someone or something uh, that others did and often they get really surprised when they realize they are carrying around a story that's affecting the way they show up in the world and they need to forgive themselves for something they did or something they didn't do at some point in their lives. One of my big forgiveness uh, stories happened many years ago, and I still love the lessons that I learned from it, so I share this story pretty often. When I was in my late 20s or early 30s, well, this this occurred when I was 29, about to turn 30. So it's, you know, right at the crux of a really memorable time in my life. And um, I was, technically I resigned from a job, but emotionally it felt that I was fired from a job without due cause. Um, And uh, I chose to sign the resignation letter, of course. As many of you know, organizations often will make that um, very enticing by giving you a financial package or a reference or something that is, is meaningful to you. And so I did sign the resignation letter, but I had no warning, and I had great evaluations. And I had been told a few months earlier that a change in man- that as a result of a change in management, there was a new leader who was very uncomfortable having someone who was African American in such a highly visible and um, position and being talked about in terms of all the promotional opportunity that might be available. And I heard about this off the record, and I heard about it from three different people who were all senior leaders in the organization. And I believed that because I was such a stellar performer that, you know, that new leader might be uncomfortable, but surely my performance would win him over and, you know, my way would not be blocked. And I went um, on vacation, and when I came back, I was called into the office and basically given this resignation letter to sign. So that happened to me, and actually within five years, I was really clear that it happened for me um, because I went in a new direction with my career and was having great success and, you know, had increased my income and all of those good things. So I was a- actually able to forgive the 
the situation, forgive that new leader who was leading the organization in a way that was going to impact negatively not not just me but other people. And I did a lot of forgiveness work about it. So I was really surprised eight or nine years later when I realized I had not forgiven myself in two ways. One, I had not forgiven myself for being naive enough to think that I was so good that this that was going to change who this uh, this person was. And the other way that I had not forgiven myself was I had not forgiven myself for not taking them to court. I had decided very quickly within 30 days that even though I had some documentation and I had some people who would probably have supported my claim that I didn't want to be in the negative energy of that and I didn't want to go on the attack and I wanted to just move on with my life and and I made a conscious choice. It wasn't really about fear. It was about a choice I made. So eight or nine years later, when I started digging into it, it was like, wow, I need to forgive myself for not going and taking them to court, for not, you know, giving them a hard time, for not um, bringing it forth in a way that other people would know that this new leader, you know, in, in my in my mind, it was like that new leader, he was so racist and, you, you know, he needed to be taught a lesson and you should have done it. You could have done it. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so we, so ultimately I did go through a, a forgiveness process and I forgave myself for being naive enough to think I could change him. And I forgave myself for not not making it a battle or not um, bringing it out in the public that this is what was really going on. But we often have to forgive ourselves because we feel guilt, you know, or we feel shame or blame. Guilt, shame, and blame are very, very powerful. And when we allow guilt, blame, and shame to run rampant or to be the place we stand when we look back at situations that happened, whether they happened an hour ago, a week ago, or 10 years earlier, or maybe even, you know, when you were five years old, when we look at our role in a situation, we often have guilt because we did something that hurt someone else. Or maybe we did something that hurt ourselves. But we usually have shame about something we did and how we show up. It's more an internal piece. Now, maybe when we were growing up, we had a parent or a teacher say, you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. Or, you know, you did this and so you are a bad person and we might carry that shame, but we're carrying the shame of it, uh, of believing it. So all of us, I'm sure you, like me, have many, many, many examples in your life of things that you wish you had done differently, right? Um, There's infidelity, there's divorce, there's bankruptcy, fear, uh, theft, 
I know a few people who have um, stolen things either from retail establishments or just stolen, you know, things from family members or stolen uh, the respect, you know, self that someone else stolen their self their ability to have self respect. So theft of things or of um, um, in situations where you are taking from others. Um, I've known many people who need to forgive themselves or choose to forgive themselves because they haven't taken good care of their health. They never took it seriously. And then they have some significant diagnosis or some chronic condition, and they just feel so badly that when they were in their 20s, they didn't make healthy choices, and then 20 years later, they have a physical result or consequence of that. There are an unlimited number of ways that we can find ourselves wanting to forgive ourselves, and I just want to encourage you to take a deep breath and go, oh, I did the best I could at the time with what I knew and what I knew to do. And forgiving myself is a gift I give myself to remove that situation as defining who I become now, who I am being today. An example that comes to mind for me is really with my dad. My dad had at least four heart attacks in his 40s. And this was way before open heart surgery and all the, you know, technologically driven remedies, solutions that we have for heart disease and heart attacks and diabetes and all, you know, many things. We, we have so much available to us today that wasn't available 50 years ago uh, when he was in his 40s. And I saw him, I'm so glad that I have this gift in my memory of him. Um, He lived another 30 years. He was in his late 70s when he died. But um, I saw the transition of when he began to change his habits and eat differently and become more active in different ways, and he was never, you know, he never became a jock, and he never, you know, like did exercise every day. We didn't have a treadmill in our house or any of that stuff, but he modeled for me that you could either stay in that place of beating yourself up for all the things that led to something traumatic, like a heart attack, or you could be intentional about making different choices. So my number one tip for you in terms of forgiving yourself and being able to stand in that I forgive me place of confidence and self-acceptance is to remember that the consciousness that led you to that lack or the consciousness that led you to that Um, health issue or the consciousness that led you to that divorce, the consciousness that led you to 
whatever you are ready to forgive is not the consciousness you have today. The consciousness that led to that, sure, you know, it led up to that, and now you're making a different choice. And the consciousness you have today is what creates your tomorrow, your next week, your next year, your next decade. So it is by choosing what I want to be my consciousness now, what I want to consciously choose to do, what intentions I set now, it is the number one way in my mind to forgive myself, to demonstrate that I am forgiving myself. Forgiveness, in my opinion, especially with self-forgiveness, is not something that happens in this moment where I can snap my fingers and then I have forgiven myself and it is all done. Forgiveness actually is a process that, like everything else in our lives, becomes real to us because of what we are consistently doing and choosing. So if I want to forgive myself, then I must, be really clear about who I want to be going forward and make choices that are in alignment with that. There is a song by Kirk Franklin that some of you may be familiar with. It's called Imagine Me. And... I love this song, especially in the context of self-forgiveness, because the lyrics remind us to imagine ourselves the way we want to be and the way that we have been created to be. Imagine me no longer bound by the choices my mother made or what my you know, father did or what my father said. Imagine me being the person who is love, who is a demonstration of the good. The song by Kirk Franklin, and if you're not familiar with it, I really encourage you to go to YouTube and uh, and do a search for Kirk Franklin, Imagine Me. And just close your eyes and listen to the lyrics. And it doesn't really matter if your spiritual beliefs or your religious beliefs are in exact alignment with Kirk Franklin's because the spiritual meaning of the lyrics and the song goes so deep that it would be difficult to listen to it without being able to reflect in your own life what it's time to let go of, what story it's time to release, and what it is that you actually want to see in your own life. And in order to stand in that place, then you actually are forgiving yourself for anything you've done before this moment and stepping into or surrendering into a greater you. So some of the lyrics from Imagine Me go like this. Imagine me 
loving what I see when the mirror looks at me. Because I imagine me in a place of no insecurities. And I'm finally happy because I imagine me letting go of all the ones who hurt me because they never did deserve me. Can you imagine me saying no to thoughts that try to control me and remembering all you, God, told me? Can you imagine me over what my mama said and healed from what my daddy did? I want to live and not read that page again. And and the lyrics go on to remind us that we have to forgive others, but we also have to forgive ourselves. And when I listen to this song, I... Always, always, and I've listened to this song hundreds of times, but I always, with the chorus, get back to, oh, it's for me to imagine who I want to be. And the chorus is, imagine me being free, trusting God totally. Finally, I can imagine me. I can imagine me, and, and you know, it's it's like, can I choose? Forgiving myself is about me choosing to imagine me really being lovable and able to live in a way that represents my spiritual truth. So that that song is one, too. It's something that, again, you can use as a practical tool to look at yourself and to step into self-forgiveness because all the stories that you've made up because of what other people did no longer have to be your story. Let go of the shame. Let go of the blame. Let go of the guilt. (laughs) I have to laugh again because I think, yeah, Tracy, that all sounds really good, and that's the right thing to say. But how do you really do that? Think about it. So often we will hear people say, oh, just forget about it. You know, get over it. Forgive them and forget about it and just keep going. Really? How's that working for you? How easy is it for you to do that? I mean, I'm really consistent with my spiritual practice, really. And and I'm always bringing up for myself, you know, bringing myself back to what's the spiritual truth and, and how can I be a good person in the world and, you know, who do I want to be? I'm I'm doing that work every day of my life. And there are still times when I know that it is a challenge to forgive myself. So I I want you to know I'm not like, quote, unquote, preaching at you. I'm reminding you and myself, you and myself, that it's okay to mess up. 
And once I realize I've messed up or I've made choices that no longer serve me, that it's up to me to say, okay, you did, okay, you did the best. You could, or maybe I didn't. Maybe I really did know better, but it's already happened. And what I've learned when I do that with myself is that it is not always as easy as just saying, get over it, unfortunately. Oh, I wish it was that easy. I really do. But I could just say, get over it, and it is done. So I need tools, just like you do, that help me get through it in a healthy way. And that's different than just going from, being hurt or hurting myself to being over it. So one of my favorite tools related to self-forgiveness might seem like a pretty strange tool to you when I tell you a little bit about it. But it has really made a positive difference, a huge positive difference in my life. Two of the people who I've had the pleasure of not just meeting but getting to know, getting to know well and working with are Dr. Dennis Reyna and Dr. Michelle Reyna. And the Reynas have devoted their professional careers to the topic of building and rebuilding trust in the workplace. But what does that have to do with self-forgiveness, <laughs> well, they have a model that, um, a, a model on trust and a model on building trust and healing from betrayal, and it's this multi-level model. And in the seven steps for healing from betrayal, I have used it absolutely with corporate clients in the workplace. I have used it absolutely with nonprofit clients in leadership development because their work is primarily focused on trust building and rebuilding trust in the workplace. But the part of their model that deals with the seven steps for healing from betrayal has been very impactful for me in the context of forgiving myself. So I'm going to share with you the seven steps, and I invite you to consider how you might use these seven steps in your own world, in your own life, and with situations where you might need to forgive yourself. The first step is to observe and acknowledge what has happened. And that is sometimes challenging. It's always challenging when you're, you know, in a situation you don't like or you feel that you've been betrayed. But looking at the fact that maybe I've betrayed myself, what did I do? It's, it's sometimes hard to really observe and acknowledge what has happened, not just what I did, but what has happened in the whole situation. Step two is to allow feelings to surface. And that's sometimes also another difficult step. We, we tend to be at one extreme or the other. We allow our feelings to surface really easily, and we stay with them, and we want everybody else to feel our feelings and understand our feelings. That's at one extreme. Or there's the other extreme. We don't want the hurt and the pain to surface. So we box it up, and we 
maybe tie a little ribbon around it, and we close the door, like put that box in the, on a shelf in the closet and close the closet door and pretend we don't have any feelings about it. But step two in the seven steps for healing from betrayal is to allow feelings to surface. Step three is to get support. And what I find is that sometimes that's really hard, especially with self-forgiveness, because, one, you already may be feeling shame or guilt or blame, and you don't want to, like, spill that out on other folks. But to get support, I may need to talk about what's going on and lead right into step four, which is reframe the experience. So getting the support that I need, sometimes that's emotional support, sometimes that's physical support, and then moving into reframing the experience, telling a new story about that is really, really critical for moving through it and being able to see multiple sides of what is happening or what happened. Number five, step five, take responsibility. And again, there are kind of two extremes when it relates to self-forgiveness. Either I take all the responsibility and then I'm beating myself up about it, or I want to take no responsibility and be the victim to whatever else happened or whatever else was happening with other people or with the situation. But step five, uh, taking responsibility really does mean, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my part in this. And the choices that I made, I, may, might, I might make different choices next time or in a different situation, but these are the choices I made, and nobody made me take those choices. And then step six is to forgive yourself and others, and then step seven is to let go and move on. So I'll repeat those steps in case you're trying to write them down and make notes, and then I'll also remind you that you can go to um, do a search on Raina, R-E-I-N-A, Trust, or Raina and Betrayal, and you'll see this model pop up. Uh, Number one, observe and acknowledge what has happened. Number two, allow feelings to surface. Number three, get support. Number four, reframe the experience. Number five, take responsibility. Number six, forgive yourself and others. And then you're able to take step seven, which is let go and move on. Now, it's really great to have those seven steps in sequence and what the Rainas will tell you, and I have experienced this as well, the Rainas will tell you that you don't always go steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then you're healed and it's all done and it's all well. Sometimes you might go to step one, two, three, and when you get to step four, reframe the experience, you might have a whole nother set of feelings come up and you might find yourself at back to at back at step two. Or it's not really unusual to get to step six and you find, okay, forgive yourself and others is step six and I'm not ready to do that yet. Why? Well, I just, I don't know. And I might go back to step four and reframe it another way. So it's a spiral more than a loop. And you may find yourself at different places on the spiral at different times 
but knowing that the next step would be to go to step four or the next step would be to visit step six, you, from wherever you are in the cycle, it gives you really a framework within which to move forward. So let me, let, let's talk about how to apply that in a, in a real-life situation. So luckily, in this case, I've, I've done a lot of work around this, so I can talk about it, I think, without getting hooked in the story. But another really big self-forgiveness um, opportunity for me was at the, at, after a relationship I'd been in, a primary relationship I'd been in for nine years ended. And I chose to end the relationship. And so in that sense, you would think, well, you know, you decided to end the relationship. You know, it's all good. You thought about it before you did it. And it was a choice. And, you know, you don't have to forgive yourself for anything. Well, of course, it's probably obvious to anyone who's been married or anyone who's been in a serious, committed relationship for a long time that even when you are the person who chooses to end the relationship, you have a little bit of, um, or maybe a lot, of, you know, one, can I forgive myself for ending this relationship? Um can I forgive myself for having been in this relationship for as long as I was? Um, you know, there are all kinds of ways that forgiveness, self-forgiveness comes up. Um, and what I found about a year later was there was still this little fuzzy feeling of um, unforgiveness, right? And so I, I was going through this, Seven Steps for Healing from Betrayal. And, you know, it started with me observing and acknowledging what has happened, right? Okay, the relationship ended. You know, I could list two or three things that happened that led to the end of the relationship at the time it ended. And I allowed my feelings to surface. And I had a lot of feelings. I had a lot of conflicting feelings, right, uh, about the relationship and the ending of it. And I, I did get support. I talked to several friends. I had a prayer partner who also was working with me um, and getting support. And I reframed the experience. And when I got to step four of reframing the experience, I, um, I could see it from several different places. And it really helped me kind of take a deep breath and go, yeah, you know, you did everything that you could. And and here are some different ways to look at it and um, what was good about the relationship. I have, a, I don't know, maybe six pages in my journal about what had been good in the nine years. So I reframed the experience that the end of the relationship, you know, actually was okay because for, you know, nine years all these good things came out of it and all these things I learned, et cetera, et cetera. But when I got to step five of taking responsibility, I had a really hard time. I was perfectly comfortable for taking responsibility for the end of the relationship. And so I didn't have any forgiveness about that. But what came up for me that had not come up before was this 
um, this peace, this this whole actually anger and impatience and judgment. Judgment is the word I'm looking for. This judgment about why, about me going back to the relationship after six years, we had broken up. And we had we were apart for I think it was about six months, and I agreed to return to the relationship, and I felt really good about that at the time. It, I felt it was my choice to do that. But when I was doing this forgiveness, this self forgiveness work, a year after the relationship ended, when I got to step five, take responsibility. It was like, oh, my goodness, I need to forgive myself for going back. That At that six-year mark, you know, it's like I started hearing myself say, that was a stupid thing to do. You must have been delusional. You know, all the signs were already there that this was not going to work out. Why did you go back? And then why did you stay in the relationship almost three more years? And that was it just wishful thinking, Tracy, you know better than that. And, you know, all of this stuff came out <laughs> that I didn't even know was there when I got to step five, taking responsibility. So the self-forgiveness process, I had forgiven myself for what seemed obvious, that I made this decision, that I ended the relationship, that I had been in the relationship for nine years, and it was there were some great things about it. And there were two or three things that were not so great about it. And being in the process bounced me back to allowing all the feelings to surface about this one way I had not forgiven myself. I hadn't even known I needed to. And then I was able to work through that and get to step six, forgive yourself and others and let go and move on. But literally, sometimes we forget or we think if we forgive ourselves for something at one point or one part of it, that it must go away. The reality is if I am serious about forgiving me, that it might come in waves. And forgiving myself at one level may simply open up the door for something new to be revealed that I also need to forgive myself for. So maybe some of you can relate to that story and that example. I hope that you can. Because what I want to remind you is it serves no purpose to beat up on yourself, to beat yourself up for anything that you have done or any choice that you have made. From a spiritual perspective, what we often teach and what I'm always reminding my uh, individual coaching clients is that you can make a new choice today. Really, you can make a new choice today and begin to behave in alignment with that to create different outcomes in the future. Paul Bowes says forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. And I use that quote so much because it's as true when we are forgiving others as it is when we are forgiving ourselves. Forgiving myself doesn't mean I change what happened in the past. It's already happened. It's water under the bridge. It is what it is. 
but forgiving myself allows me to have a broader, bigger, more exciting, more peaceful, more joyful, more abundant, more prosperous future because I choose to behave in accordance with what I want to show up in my life, letting go and surrendering that which has already happened. It seems today like songs are coming to mind a lot for me. And as I was saying that, the song, I Forgive Me, sung by Tim McAfee Lewis and with lyrics that are a combination of his own words and the words of Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith is another powerful song, you know. The there's a, a part in the song where he sings, I forgive me, I forgive me. Everything I've been holding on to, I let go. Think about that. Everything I've been holding on to that's a story about me from a negative perspective that I'm telling myself. Forget all the stories that everyone, that other people might be saying about me or all the other judgments that uh, people outside of me think about me. You know, what they think about me really is none of my business. You've probably heard that as a book title, and a lot of people in New Thought use that quote a lot. But for right now, we're just talking about what you think about yourself. So I forgive me for the stories that I have attached to and that I continue to believe that I'm not enough, that I'm not worthy, that I can never be rich, that I can can never have my dream job, that no one's ever going to hire me because I'm stupid, that I'll never have a good relationship because my parents were divorced when I was five years old and I never had a good model. That's all crap. And if you're telling yourself that, how about if you simply replace the story with, I am worthy. I am lovable. I can learn to have a positive relationship. I deserve to have the job that lights me up and I I can be the person who sets a good example. I can be the one that breaks the chain of poverty or teenage pregnancy. How about I forgive me for what I used to believe and I simply choose to believe something different. Can you do that? That's what self-forgiveness is all about, choosing to love yourself, letting go of the stories about how much you don't have or what you've done wrong, and choosing to begin right here and now to do what you can do to make a positive difference in your own life and in the world. (laughs) 
I, I'm smiling and have a little bit of a chuckle because if you're familiar with metaphysics or if you're involved in ancient wisdom, new thought, spiritual traditions at all, then you will know what I'm talking about when I say sometimes we get into what is called by many, not just me, we called call it new thought guilt. You know, we believe that change your thinking, change your life. We believe in the law of attraction. We believe that I can create my own life by what I choose. And then we see our lives appear to be crumbling around us. We have to file bankruptcy or we uh, file for divorce or we lose the job that we've had for the last 15 years and we don't understand. But because we, we believe in new thought and, and personal responsibility, we say, well, I created this. I'm the one who screwed up. Well, let me give you some insight. You know, when we say change your thinking, change your life, um, just like it's not necessarily miraculously happening. It's happening in on the spiritual realm immediately, but in the physical realm there's some process, right? So we change our thinking, which means we change our choices, we change our actions, we change our beliefs. And as all of those things build momentum, we one day look around and go, oh, my life is so different. So, yeah, I started with changing my thinking, and the end result is my life has changed. And there's a lot in between there that's going on, that's happening. So when I change my thinking, and it does change my life in terms of um, of what shows up in our lives that we think we, we, we created, we cause it to be, sometimes what looks like a complete disaster is simply a step toward what we really have decided we want. I have a friend who really wanted to be in a relationship where he could give and be, you know, generously give, but have someone who also, you know, gave to him that it was more, there was more reciprocity and that he would do anything, but he wanted to you know, for his partner, but he wanted to be with a partner who also had that same attitude. And when he got in a relationship a few months after making this commitment, this demand upon the universe, it started off appearing that that was how the relationship was, and he was so very excited. This is the relationship that I've been waiting for. But after about six months, he began to also see that there were some very um, dangerous things. And I'm not using dangerous lightly. There were some dangerous things about remaining in the relationship. And he was afraid to leave the relationship because, of course, he had asked for someone who would give as much and that there would be reciprocity in the relationship itself. Ultimately, he did leave the relationship because he understood if he stayed in that relationship, there could be some legal consequences that would, 
he could not say he was unaware of and that he was choosing to be in the relationship in spite of. So he did decide to leave the relationship, and he felt like, why did I bring this? Why did I cause this problem? And this, you know, why did I, how could I possibly have brought somebody, you know, so dangerous into my life? And as we talked about it, what happened over a course of a few weeks was he actually realized that the universe had given him a, a glimpse that, yes, he could have this in his life and this wasn't the right person, but the existence of reciprocity and love and generosity could happen. And he began then to add some other qualities and characteristics that he wanted to have in a, with a life partner. And it was a couple years later, but this person really did show up. And he could recognize it. He had to forgive himself and not get caught in this idea that I create my own life and I created this disaster of a relationship and see it as a stepping stone. See it as this was an indication that he was moving in the right direction. And by having that, it also helped him get to the point where he he was seeing that he needed to also clarify what else he wanted in the relationship. And he began to claim that. And it did show up. The other piece about New Thought Guilt that I just want you to remember so that it is easier for you to forgive yourself is that sometimes when things happen, we are not the cause of them. We are just a pawn in somebody else's story or game. And if we think that everything that happens only happens because of our individual thought, then we forget that we are living in a world that other people also have that same idea. They have that same opportunity to create a life they want and to create life in the way that they want. And there's also the piece of general cultural consciousness. So in our society in the 21st century, you know, we have a lot of cultural beliefs about what percentage of people uh, will die, how many, you know, the statistics tell us all kinds of things to believe about racism, about sexism about who should be in power and what they should look like. And sometimes there is just a collective consciousness happening that results in certain things showing up in our lives. So we always do have to forgive ourselves for our choices and the consequences of those choices, but we don't always have to take full responsibility for everything that occurs in the world. We are responsible for our way of responding to what occurs in the world. So if you truly want to forgive yourself, then I just want to remind you that it's really helpful if you are able to remember that you can make a new choice beginning today and you can bless any lessons you've learned from the choices that you have made in the past. Don't be so critical of yourself that you don't give yourself room to forgive yourself. Karen Drucker's song, I'm Taming My Inner Critic, is the perfect reminder that our brain will criticize us. We will have judgment of on, upon ourselves. And we can heap that upon ourselves and it will lead to self-doubt and self-judgment. 
for releasing our inner critic, taming our inner critic, not totally ignoring or eliminating, but taming our inner critic so that it serves us rather than immobilizes us is an option. So I hope you've gotten a few ideas about things that you can do that help you forgive yourself, some songs you can listen to that remind you to forgive yourself as they remind me, I Forgive Me by Tim McAfee Lewis, Imagine Me by Kirk Franklin, Karen Drucker's I'm Taming My Inner Critic, and maybe you have others that just inspire you to be a little gentle with yourself. And I hope that I've reminded you that for many of us, it's easier to forgive others than it is to forgive ourselves. But for our own health, for our own wellness, for our own success in the world, it is imperative that we develop and hone the skill to forgive ourselves. So I think that's all I'm going to share today on this topic of I Forgive Me. I want to remind you that there are five sessions in this series on the focus on forgiveness. And I invite you to listen to the recording or listen live if you're able to, to Four Steps Toward Forgiveness, to Juliet Vorster and Forgiveness, the Act and the Attitude, to Brenda Lambert talking about forgiving family and giving us some reminders about how to do that, and to Harry Morgan Moses bringing a message about a specific tool and process that really, really works related to forgiving yourself and forgiving others. That's all the time we have for this segment, though, on the focus on forgiveness. Please don't forget to visit focus2015.info for more information or go to reclaimjoy.com. And remember, no matter what situation you're in, you can find joy from within. Thanks for hanging out with me today. My name is Tracy Brown. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.